Rebecca Sayre, your host of the Sustainability Sessions, coming to you through the airwaves from my own home on Zoom with our guest, the amazing Cassandra Houghton of Sustainability Ambassadors. Hey, Cassandra. Hello. Good morning. Thanks for joining me from your home this morning. It's such an incredible world we're in right now. And it, I mean, one just extraordinary thing is we have these technologies that we can talk and share and put stuff out on the airwaves all from our, our the comfort of our own homes. Um, also on the scene here is the uh, indomitable Benny who oh. keeps the show running. Hey, Benny. Hi, good morning to you two ladies and a happy Friday. I know. TGF, thank God it's Friday, but maybe it doesn't matter as much in quarantine. Right? <laughs> I think every day is Friday, right? Yeah. That's <laughs> all your attitude. Um, I, how about you guys? I'm keeping in, you know, I have some structure in my life. I still have some real estate work that I'm kind of just kind of keeping on the back burner and with the, my infinity real estate and development uh, gig, which is my main gig and just talking to clients. I'm actually going to, um, from a distance, help some clients uh plan out the mulching of their backyard on uh, tomorrow, which I'm kind of excited about because that's like a, a real a real tangible task. So that's kind of cool. I did the same, some uh, yard work last week. I actually built a fire pit, so everything works out well there. I'm going to test it out again this weekend, so it's going to be good. Fun. Yeah. That's a great project. Yeah, it totally was. only took a couple hours. Nice. And I've, I've been uh, coordinating a community garden that I can't really bring community to, so <laughs> right. I have plenty of work to do. <laughs> That'd actually be funny. Just kind of hold your laptop around and your phone, just kind of like show everybody. He's like, here we are. Yeah, actually, I, I am working on something like that. I've been creating digital designs of the garden so I could uh, build community around the Facebook group and because and, we were going to do a big... Um, regenerative uh, permaculture and regenerative system symposium during the spring and use it to redesign the community garden uh and uh so i'm like trying to figure out how to do it virtually i think it's possible so. i think you can good that's, that's not too you're not too far off <laughs> great idea honestly cassandra i would love to chat with you i have another client who i'm doing a guard design for and i was trying to uh I put, I put it together something pretty cool through InDesign, um, kind of showing her what it would look like by splicing some pictures together. But I'd love to talk to you about what you're doing because that would be super helpful. I'm actually putting in a, a veggie garden. Um, our, we transformed our backyard uh, garden. Earlier this year, we put in a rain garden, which we'll get into that in a minute because I met Cassandra, my goodness, about yeah, uh, 10, 12 years ago when she was a very young lady and we were talking about things, uh, sustainable garden systems and various wonderful things at that time. And so I have my first rain garden in my backyard and then the rain garden's overflow flows into the new veggie garden that I've had tons of time to work on and, and put in my, my vegetables and, and plants during this time, which has really been wonderful. And I'm very excited because I now have some baby Brussels sprouts coming up and I see that my little uh, winter squash plant has a little shoot coming out. So things are starting to grow. Yay. I got some Brussels sprouts too. They're, they are a couple inches. Oh, that's, 
That's exciting. Um, well, Cassandra, so it's so wonderful to be able to speak with you on this beautiful Friday morning um, during this, this interesting time of, of learning. I, I keep trying to keep, stay in the mindset myself of this is a time where we're learning and looking at the bigger systems of the earth and of our society and, and how things work and what don't work. And well, at the same time, just trying to be grounded and keeping my own stuff going and, and taking care of my, my friends and neighbors because people are going through all kinds of things right now. Um, but you and I met, let's just ground this in uh, a little background of, we met uh, when you were, uh, goodness, I think about 15 working on a program called the Watershed Report which over many years with your work and the work of the great Peter Donaldson, who's had a vision of grounding educational systems in real time data. Just think about it. If students are learning about what's going on uh, in the world around them and working on solving those problems in, in our local communities and regional communities, as opposed to looking at theoretical and historical things in textbooks, think how better prepared we'll all be to deal with the world around us as, as, as adults and in the work world. Um, so that's come from the watershed report that we were working in on in gosh 2009 um, and then is now the work of sustainability ambassadors where you work now. Can you Cassandra talk a little bit about just the premise of all that work and in that explain a bit about how you started on this when you were a younger person and you've been working on it uh, till now. Yeah, well, uh, my my engagement in this work is really a, a result of that form of education. I grew up, um, my I spent my teenage years in Maple Valley. I had moved to the Pacific Northwest from Oklahoma and um, Maple Valley is out there 45 minutes southeast of Seattle, um, a little more in the foothills of the Cascades and my school district was exploring sustainability education and so they were trying to figure out how do we um so many textbooks are made in texas or you know from from often big companies so it's very uh, centralized knowledge rather than um being knowledge that's really relevant to our lives or our communities and so my school district was exploring how do we make our curriculum more relevant. And so my Pacific Northwest history class was where they were doing an experiment, a unit called sounding off on the Puget Sound. And it was my first experience with um, what's called problem-based learning. And it's about centering education rather than on tests and knowledge. And what my mom and I used to always say growing up was why does the school system always just make you regurgitate this information? Um, so rather than that, how do we um, engage youth in problem solving and becoming problem solvers in applying their critical thinking to um, the 21st century issues that we're facing. Awesome. And yeah, it's so powerful and um, was powerful for me at that age um, because the unit was about uh, studying the issues in Puget Sound. So it was like, you know, whenever I drove I-90 and I saw this beautiful picturesque landscape and I saw the water um, and then I learned that you know the pollution from my backyard whenever I would drive my car or my neighbor would would wash their car and that soap would run off into the street 
that became relevant to me when I knew that that soap was going into my local lake and potentially contributing to algae blooms, or when that the stream from that local lake is making it to the river and making it down to Seattle and to the Puget Sound and impacting salmon and orcas. And now I can really feel my and understand my connectivity to the world. And we had to not only learn this, but as part of the unit, we had to then go into our community and educate someone in our community. We had to create a project that educated people. That was the main criteria. And so some people, they created a storybook and they went to our local elementary school. So imagine ninth graders, uh, freshmen in high school, uh, going to their local elementary schools and teaching them about orcas, and salmon, and, and, and what, they, what they can do to help restore our environment. Um, and then I wrote a letter to the editor that got posted in our local newspaper so I could educate people around the community about what actions they could take at home. And that was the first time that I was taught all this information and then empowered to do something that impacted my community. And I said, whoa. I've been learning about all these issues my whole life, um, volunteering at my local recycling center when I was seven or eight, but so often I didn't have that empowerment that, oh, I could take this knowledge and teach others and impact change. And that was the first time that I met Peter Donaldson. You know Peter, Rebecca? I do know Peter. Peter and I used to work together at a organization that is no longer, but was a wonderful uh, entity for many years called uh, Friends of the Cedar River Watershed. And Peter had a vision of, uh, it was a longtime teacher, of, uh, let's teach our kids what's happening in the world right now. And then they will be able to go out and, and be the problem solvers we need. Mm -hmm. He was a longtime teacher of kids. But he also took a, a stint off in his life to travel up and down the Pacific Northwest doing a one-man show dressed as Leonardo da Vinci. That's right. And talking about the Renaissance that we're in now. And that's where he would really tell the story of sustainability. What was that? Oh, I said, I love Peter. And I just said, hey, Peter, I'm assuming he's listening or he will be listening at some point. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and, um, and so he took this, you know, uh, a previous education experience and this passion for storytelling um, and um, you know is using it to drive sustainability education and that's when I met him he came as a guest speaker to my Pacific Northwest history class to help kick off this this unit um, and and help facilitate our learning and at the end of his talk um, he invited students to come and join his student leadership group, what was the Watershed Report at the time. And uh, his talk had completely changed my life because I had always been passionate about the environment. I had always known that that was important to me, but that was the first time that I had heard the concept of the triple bottom line. And he drew the three circles, the triple Venn diagram on the board of environment, economy, and equity. And for me as a young person, yeah passionate environmentalist that was the first time i realized the like oh it's about balancing the needs of our environmental systems of our human needs and of our economic systems yep so you let's just recap this little journey for our listeners here so this was the watershed report cassandra was a 15 year old student uh, the auspices of this this program was what would happen if, if young people were inspired 
and empowered by learning about what's happening in your own community, figuring out how things are connected, what they could do. Cassandra caught that fire and has been working in various forms. I, I'm looking at your bio here. You graduated from high school in 2013, mm-hmm. went to college, and you've been working now at Sustainability Ambassadors, which is the new iteration of this program, this wonderful program. And what are you, what are you doing now? You're carrying forward this educational um, process uh, to King County schools throughout the region, right? Or throughout King County. Yes, throughout, throughout King County. Um, we've definitely applied for some grants to take this model and replicate it beyond. So we will see. Um, How many but, schools are you working in right now? Uh, we work across about 10 school districts. Um, and um, uh, from, from as far south as South King County, like Kent School District, and then as far north as a North Shore. And um, over the last, so what happens when a student is empowered by that kind of work is um, I ended up partnering with Peter and we started Sustainability Ambassadors. And um, since, and so when I was a senior in high school, um, uh, I ended up doing an internship on internships and I designed the internship for Sustainability Ambassadors. And so since then, I've coordinated um, 70 in, over 70 interns, um, coached over 100 uh, students uh, directly through our leadership training program. Uh, these are middle and high school students. Um, and we've reached over 5,000 youth um, by engaging youth and educators um, in our programs. And, and what is some of the, what is some of the um, stuff that these, these young people are, are learning about? What is the data that they're looking at and problems that they're looking to solve? Yeah, so we really focus on breaking down the systems that we live within. Think energy systems, water systems, transportation, food, um, materials, AKA waste, but we don't call it waste because nature doesn't have waste. So right. you won't there. Um, and so they really study, how do we, how do these systems work? How do we, um, so we have, we, we do things like teaching educators um, how to integrate problem-based learning into their classroom. And so they'll work with their students doing things like, all right, where does your water come from? And they first do a post, to, a pretest, and they have the students um, draw, where does their water come from? And so often we have so many educators that come to us and, and across the board, they've had many students who maybe draw a couple pipes or just draw a faucet, you know, and have no idea where the food comes, where their water comes from, or when asked where their food comes from, they're like the grocery store. And so by the end of a, a unit where a teacher teaches them, you know, well, here's, you know, they, they bring in an expert or we, we create videos, we um, create sustainability talks is what we call them. And we shoot TED talk style videos at a local high school student where um, a couple hundred high school students are the audience and we bring in local experts to speak about sustainability issues. And then we turn them into videos and we post them on our website. So educators use things like this to tee up the, the issues with their students and then their students will study, okay, where, how does our, how do our water systems work? Um, how are they designed? Where does our, where does our, what's our water supply? Where does it come from? And then where does the water go after we use it and how does it impact the environment? And then they study things like, okay, how could we redesign these systems? So now the students are empowered. This is where the critical thinking, the problem solving and the excitement comes in because it's an opportunity to create in our world. Um, 
to create recreate um, how we've built our systems. Very cool. We are gonna we're gonna go to um, commercial in just a minute. So I kind of want to leave this this hanging there. Except I will say at this time again, we're in this um, unprecedented time of uh, staying inside, encouraging everybody to please stay safe, stay you know stay in your quarantine. Let's get over this hump. Um, but on your sustainability ambassadors website, uh, there are resources and videos that pe young people uh, who are not going to school can probably learn some things and start doing some critical thinking practice, right, from those resources on your website right now? Yes, sustainabilityambassadors.org. Um, we have a, an entire uh, video library um, with all talking about all those subjects of sustainability from uh, climate change to all the other systems that I listed, energy and water and so forth. And then um, we also have a map library with all kinds of local um, various ways of visualizing the systems we live within across the Puget Sound region. And uh, we also have a series of library links, so um, uh, which are just annotated links to various other, some of the best of the best local resources that we've harvested from experts over the years. So sustainabilityambassadors.org is a very valuable resource for anyone stuck at home in quarantine. Fabulous. All right, so we'll leave it with that. Benny, I know you got to go to commercial. And we will be back. This is Rebecca Sayre with the Rebecca Sayre with the sustainability sessions, which we have been worried might be a bit of a tongue twister. Um, we'll be back after this break. Thank you. So are you interested in green building, energy efficiency, and sustainable practices? The Northwest Eco Building Guild is a 501c3 community of builders, designers, suppliers, and homeowners concerned with ecological building in the Pacific Northwest. The guild empowers people through educational activities, classes, and events through the year. To learn more on how to go solar, conserve water, lower your energy bills, and create a healthy home environment, visit ecobuilding.org forward slash events today. Curious about whales in the Pacific Northwest? Orca Network's Langley Whale Center celebrates and shares the lives of gray whales, orcas, and other marine mammals of the Salish Sea. The Langley Whale Center is a project of Orca Network, a nonprofit that is based on Whidbey Island. The Langley Whale Center gives Orca Network the opportunity to have a public presence to share the excitement about the whales and marine mammals who are our neighbors. The Whale Center in Langley gives visitors and residents alike a chance to to learn more about the endangered southern resident orcas who visit our area and about the North Puget Sound gray whales, a small, unique population of gray whales who find sustenance in the waters of Saratoga Passage and Possession Sound each March through May. Check out the Orca Network and Langley Whale Center on Facebook for the latest whale sightings, educational programs, and events, or visit orcanetwork.org for more information. You'll be glad you did. Did you know how your immune system protects you from illness? Wish you knew more about what lifestyle choices you could make to keep your immune system strong? What healing approaches might work best for you? Well, tune in on the first Friday of each month when the host of Lift Your Spirits Radio will be Bernadette Pager of Informed Choice Washington. Bernadette will be joined by medical and science experts to discuss healthy immunity and how you and your family can achieve it. You can reach Bernadette Pager at informedchoicewa.org.
Alternative Talk 1150, local talk for the body, mind, and soul. Cherish this moment. Cherish this breath. Hello, welcome back to Sustainability Sessions. I am your host, Rebecca Sayre of Infinity Real Estate and Development. We do real estate services all around the Puget Sound region. We do traditional representation of buyers and sellers and making sure that everybody has what they need to uh, put their best foot forward and to find the home that they need to live in. But we also have a, a specialization in green and sustainable and passive homes and uh, regenerative build, building and um, co-housing and, and all sorts of environmentally centered things. That's a passion that we want to continue to branch out on. And so I'm excited to have uh, my guest today is Cassandra Houghton who I've known uh, for about 10, you know, I don't know, 12 years um, since she was a high school student when she was working on uh, the beginnings of the project she is now a leader of, the Sustainability Ambassadors Program. And Cassandra, you were just telling us about the uh, program that is teaching King County students from the South to the North, 10 school districts, uh, currently engaged in the program about how they are using real-time energy and water uh, and various other systems data to get a better understanding of what's happening in the world around them. And they're learning the power uh, of studying and learning what's happening in their lives right now, as opposed to theoretical data from textbooks. Uh, and this will prepare them to tackle these problems when they go into the work world, which I think is very exciting. Uh, when we spoke previously in preparation for this show, you were explaining to me how in your conversations with some of the high school students that you work with on a regular basis, that you are personally reconsidering the concept of sustainability, which I sometimes think might be a little bit of a tired term. I also find it a bit of a tongue twister. So <laughs> as because sustainability sessions, as I currently call my new show, uh, is a little bit hard to say. So could you explain to me your concept of regenerative? And I'm thinking it may actually inspire me to change the name of my show. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So it was two major occurrences um, in my life that started to shift my perspective around sustainability. And one was traveling to southern China and living in a small rural village. And I'll get to that in a minute. Um, and the other one happened um, just this past year and um, this past fall at an event called TEDx Youth Seattle. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I've often loved sustainability ambassadors and our dedicated mission to working with youth um, because we we understand that by working with the next generation they have so much to teach us so much to learn and um and i was reminded why at this tedx youth event um this young woman her name was sierra robinson she got up on stage and she took 
a decade's worth of work for me and she turned it on its head. She got up on stage and she said, I hate the word sustainability. And she talked about exactly what you touched on, the fact that it's overused, um, which as a sustainability advocate for you know the past decade i knew that that it's overused but i've often been touting you know no we you know we got to take ownership of the word um but so she touched on it being overused and on what are we sustaining on she looked she brought up the united nations definition of sustainability meeting the needs of our current generation while not compromising the ability of other or future generations to meet their own needs. And so she brought up this concept of well, what does that what does that really mean? That means we're sustaining our existing systems enough that we're not taking away from the future. But regeneration says we can design our systems in a way that gives back to the future, yeah. in a way that is not um, in uh, energy systems or water systems uh, as we look towards as we've looked towards sustainability, there's a movement of net zero energy or net positive energy. Let's make it so our energy, you know, the energy that we use over the year equals the generation. So we're not, uh, you know, on site. So we're not this, like this building, for example, is not using more energy than it produces. Mm -hmm. um, That's net zero, right? Yep. Yep. But, but regeneration says, well, we can do better than that. We can do net positive meaning that this building could produce more energy or more water than it needs to utilize inside and actually give back to its right. surrounding environment or community. And, and just quickly for our listeners out there, you know, one easy way to visualize this, uh, something folks may be a bit more familiar with is solar systems that we have on our house. We actually have some solar panels on our house. Um, at certain times of the year, even here in the cloudy Northwest, uh, those solar panels are able to produce more energy than the home needs. And that actually goes back to the grid. So that's a, that's a net positive, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. If, if over the course of the year that the energy that the house uses um, is, is less than right, what- right. Yes, absolutely. And, and fortunately, we are in we are are in that position. Mm -hmm. But um, exactly, so you are um, rethinking the, this concept of sustainability. And when we spoke the other day, you were saying that 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 has sort of shifted your mission a bit that you've been working on. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, uh, because so the the word words that we use are so important. I'm in a life coach training program right now, um, launching a, a, a coaching practice, um, because I think the inner work as we do this community development is so key, really understanding what our roots are. And getting back to our roots means looking back at how do we live in connection with, with the environment, with our natural systems. It's uh, concepts like biomimicry, which means how do we mimic nature's principles, nature's design principles to redesign our systems. And, um, and so the words we use are important. And so sustainability, Sierra Robinson in her, in her uh, TEDx youth talk, if anyone wanted to watch it, it's called Beyond Sustainability, A Call for Regeneration, Sierra Robinson, and you find it on YouTube. And, um, 
I'll share that. Thanks. And it, what, we realized that there's this huge, this missed opportunity when we're think when we're when we're just talking about sustaining our environment. A, people get confused. So like, sustainability. What do you mean? We, you do you mean what are we sustaining first of all? And so often when people talk about sustainability, they say no, we're talking about you know the triple bottom line. We're talking about caring for our environment, our economy, um, our and the equity, the needs of our people. But I don't feel like that always comes across with the term sustainability. And so regeneration, getting to the core of like, we want to regenerate our world, not just sustain it. We need to regenerate some systems that have been broken, um, not just sustain those existing systems by reducing our energy use. So much of the world is about restriction and energy conservation. But what if it was about abundance? What if it was about creating systems yeah. that produce energy, creating not water conservation how do we conserve as much water as possible because we're going to have less and less every year how do we create systems that reuse water that a building that has and, and there's there's plenty of case studies and examples of these systems out there um and where the building recycles it's it's called gray water recycles the the water from washing your hands or the the water from doing the dishes or some other things can you can clean it and then you reuse it for, for other purposes or use it in the landscape. Um, and if we create water systems that recycle the water, so we're not continually using just new water, um, then, then we're living in a world of so much abundance, so much more rather than so much restriction, which is what I feel with sustainability. So it shifted my mission to say regeneration. Um, I'm going to be launching regenerative butterflies that have be a, a network connecting regenerative butterflies are the the little actions, the little systems, the people out there, the the organizations out there that are all contributing to this butterfly effect. This that is um, creating a regenerative world, and there's such a movement out there already that I've been discovering since um, opening up to sustainability. Amazing. I mean, regeneration and regeneration. Amazing. I, I, that's just so inspiring to me. And uh, I know that you have done some work really digging in yourself uh, within your sustainability ambassador's role. And as you're looking into regeneration into the built environment. And I know that in Seattle itself and in King County, um, there are some buildings that ha actually are incorporating this right now. So we're not just talking, again, wanting to put this in context for our listeners out there, we're not just talking about individual homes or, uh, I mean, this does happen at, uh, certainly at the individual home level and the residential level, but it's also happening in the larger built environment. I know that there's a school built on Capitol Hill a few years ago, and I confess I'm, I'm not remembering the name, it's a, it is a private school, but they worked really hard to incorporate gray water systems and, and recycling their water uh, into the structure of that building. Cassandra, can you give us a few other local examples of where they're, they're using these systems right now on smaller and larger scales? Yeah, um, there is a Birchie Elementary School. They have uh, a, they created one of their science wings of their school. Um, it uh, has net, at least net zero energy. I'm not sure. Maybe even maybe at net positive energy because usually they've designed the system to be slightly bigger. But it it uh, has uh, solar 
panels on the church next door that uh, powers the the system and then they have a green wall inside the classroom that goes goes down one one side of the wall that is incredibly beautiful and filters their water and um and the, out there what's a green wall uh, a green wall is a, a wall that has plants literally growing on it kind of in, installed into the wall and then you can you can uh, put gray water so water that's been used through the plant wall and the, the soil in the microbes in the soil will help break down some of the the nutrients or other things in the in the dirty water and mm -hmm. then the plants will evapotranspire pull the, the water up through their roots and just recycle it back into into the environment very cool and plant well and plants are shown to bring you know health benefits to people just just seeing greenery being around greenery mm -hmm. and then having the plants you know br bringing more oxygen into the room improves the air quality um so there's all kinds of benefits for the students in this kind of building so there's the birchie elementary yeah. school and then there's also the bullet center which is actually a commercial office building um and five or six stories um and it is net positive energy it produces more energy um, over the course of a year than it uses and it adds back back to the grid um, and uh, it when wind designed it um, started to shift the economy because they started to say no we we are going to use only these you know windows that are super efficient in order to get our energy efficiency and so that forced a local company to get these designs from europe and bring them over here and um and then start making these manufacturing these high efficiency windows here making them more available for other other builders um in the area so one building started to shift a whole local economy that's pretty exciting. And I think we here in the Northwest in particular with our emphasis on uh, green technologies, I think it's a tremendous opportunity uh, just for our own local economy and how we can really be players in, in also the global market uh, as we continue to build and push these envelopes towards regenerative systems. And, and I certainly view this just as uh, we're just on a learning arc. You know, we built a certain way back 100 years ago or 50 years ago or even 20 years ago, knowing what we knew then. And we're learning so much and that we can apply these things and apply our understanding, uh, especially in the time of uh, climate change and the, our growing awareness of climate change and, and our impact upon it, that we can adjust our, what we do to have a positive impact uh, on the environment, which in turn has a positive impact on ourselves. And so that is that is where the opportunity in these challenges lies. And what you're doing at Sustainability Ambassadors and Regenerative Butterflies, I, lo I love that uh, concept. I think that's so, so powerful, um, is creating more platforms and educating more folks on, on the possibilities that, that are arising. I think that's just fantastic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And just just real quickly, we're going to go to break uh, in a minute. So I just want to mention a couple of things. Um, I am uh, the host of this wonderful program, uh, thanks to my involvement with the Northwest Eco Building Guild. Um, and we actually just did a fabulous workshop at the Wood Technology Center on biomimicry, which you mentioned a moment ago, Cassandra, uh, biomimicry and biophilia, which are two schools of thought that are uh, basically incorporating natural systems into the built environment because they really are one and the same 
and uh, it just the, the health and societal and social and also structural benefits uh, of employing uh, this way of, of thinking is, is really valuable. It, it, uh, there, there are a lot, nature has figured out a lot of things that actually make buildings more efficient and stronger. And it's, it's really good to, to look to the natural world as we consider how we can move forward. And the guild, just like we're all adjusting to everything these days, we're all kind of flowing with it. They are adjusting as well. They have an upcoming event on Earth Day. And I want to talk about this a little bit when we come back from the break. Uh, it's the 50th anniversary of Earth Day this year, which is kind of a trip. We're having this 50th anniversary of Earth Day during this crazy quarantine time, which gives us a lot of time to reflect. But on the 22nd, Wednesday, uh, of this month, so next Wednesday, uh, the Guild is having a Resilient Construction Roundtable, which is a very, uh, very relevant topic to what we've been discussing uh, today, uh, that they will be teaching uh, from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. From wherever you are, you can join in and learn about resilient construction. So if you were inspired by what, by what Cassandra is sharing with you right now, here is a, a really great tangible opportunity for you to dig in and learn about what you can do in your own home and your community and what other people are doing to make this shift happen. Which way the wind blows when this day is done? Feeling the need to get away and reconnect with Mother Nature? Located on Whidbey Island, Earth Sanctuary is a peaceful and magical sculpture garden, nature reserve, and retreat center with two miles of nature trails, three bird-filled ponds, and a variety of powerful sacred spaces, including a labyrinth, stone circles, and medicine wheels. Come and enjoy the wonders of nature and experience personal renewal, spiritual growth, and healing today. Visit earthsanctuary.org or the Earth Sanctuary on Facebook for more information. Need information about your child's vaccinations? Informed Choice Washington is a nonprofit organization of parents, family members, medical professionals, educators, and Washingtonians from all walks of life. They believe in personal freedoms and individual choices, including healthcare choices. Their mission is to advocate for vaccine policy reform based on scientific integrity and individual health needs, to promote education about healthy immunity, and to protect informed consent and medical freedom in Washington State. To stay informed, visit informedchoicewa.org. Informed Choice Washington envisions the future where every doctor is fully trained in identifying vaccine risk factors and recognizing vaccine injury. Every child is afforded a personalized approach to disease prevention, and every parent has the freedom to make the best health care decisions for themselves and their families. They know every child matters. Go to informedchoicewa.org today. Are you looking for a realtor? Rebecca Sayer from Infinity Real Estate and Development in Seattle is a real estate broker with a passion for helping people with an enjoyable and successful home buying experience. Infinity is focused on empowering positive futures for each of our clients as well as the community. With a deep local knowledge in green and sustainable properties and housing models, Rebecca is committed to connecting people with the right property. 
she can help you access a home that will increase your quality of life, reduce electromagnetic and toxic product exposure, plus your carbon footprint. Rebecca serves on the Northwest Eco Building Guild's Education Committee, where she is helping develop a series of courses for people who have an interest in living more sustainably, be it in a home or an apartment, through classes that share the tricks, tools, and resources available. To connect with an agent that serves you and your community, reach out to Rebecca at Rebecca at InfinityRed.com today. Alternative Talk 1150, talk radio for the body, mind, and soul. Hello, everybody out there on this beautiful Friday morning. Uh, I am so blessed to be able to, to look out my window at my home and, and see the beautiful nature bursting outside. We've got birds singing and trees blossoming. I'm your host of the Sustainability Sessions, Rebecca Sayre, and my guest today is the very inspiring Cassandra Houghton who is currently working with sustainability ambassadors and they are have been in various forms for over the past 12 years working with King County schools and they're working to broaden the scope of their work but they work with schools uh, across 10 school districts teaching students real-time data on the systems that impact their lives, looking at water systems and energy systems. And Cassandra was just telling me about how she's shifting her work a little bit to look not just at sustainability, not just sustaining the status quo, but how could we have systems that regenerate energy and water and the resources that we need. And overall, this movement is geared to teaching young people about what's happening in their world real time right now and getting those critical thinking wheels turning so that these young people can be prepared to solve the problems facing their world uh, today when they go into the work world. Is, is that a fair summary, Cassandra? Yes, absolutely. Cool. And how, remind our audience again, or for those who are just tuning in, about how many students have you worked with to date uh, we've we've worked with over 5,000 youth across King County. That's so exciting. And and what are you seeing? Are, are these young folks uh, like yourself? Cassandra Ashley was one of the first students involved in the beginnings of these projects when she was in ninth grade, and it really lit a fire in you. I was blessed to meet Cassandra at that time, and I thought, wow, this young lady is going to do good stuff in the world. Um, but are you are you seeing other young people catching that same uh, enthusiasm and fire to go out there and make a difference? Well, absolutely, and that's that's been my job for the last decade: student leadership coordinator. Um, a senior in high school uh, saying, "Okay, the goal is to empower other youth to feel the same excitement and readiness to create and." Um, and develop their knowledge and their voice and then go out and share it with their community. Um, and so, yeah, I have been blown away 
uh, by the empowerment that I've seen both within Sustainability Ambassadors Program and within other amazing youth programs that are across the region. Um, and as well as with youth who are just inspired, who are inspired by what they're learning in school or what they're learning on the internet and saying, you know, I'm, I'm ready to, to make change happen. Yeah. Um, it really almost, it comes naturally from a youth really to want to change the world. Uh, sometimes our, it's the, almost the systems that we have bog, bog them down. We have so much school, so much work, so much school work, all these, you know, math and science all broken. Our systems are, are broken down into these subjects and it almost creates less time for the natural curiosity, the natural desire to change the world to come out. And I feel like sustainability education and giving students the time to really study and learn from their, their environment um, is what can release more of that. I think that's great. And that's what you've been doing at Sustainability Ambassadors, looking at local real-time data and those students are getting their math education, their science education, their um, history education through looking at the, the maps and the data and the issues that are, are happening right at their front doors. I think that's just so exciting. Uh, when we went prior to going to break, we were talking about how systems can be and are being designed to, instead of sucking out energy and water, and being a um, reducing the resources available that we have the knowledge and capacity and are learning all the time how to actually have a net zero impact that means not having you know not taking away from uh, resources available uh, with the water and energy use but it's also possible to be regenerative which is i think so exciting again you know we did what we did 100 years ago or 50 years ago because we knew what we knew, but we know more now. And uh, we were talking about some of the local examples where we are implementing this change and um, making that difference to the built environment. And I wanted to call out some former colleagues of mine at the Seattle 2030 district who have been working diligently to get the downtown core, and I believe it's actually expanded beyond downtown uh, since I've been working with them, to uh, both retrofit older buildings and then also with new construction, implement these net zero and regenerative systems thinkings and um, new technologies into the buildings. And so I just want to direct people to, if you're curious, go to Seattle, or excuse me, go to 2030districts.org that's 2030districts with an s.org and look at their case studies and you'll see things from the space needle to what they're doing to what's happening downtown on fifth avenue um hotels uh where there's been energy sharing i know that there is a, a project with the weston a few years ago that's really interesting um the saint charles apartments which is uh, affordable housing just all sorts of really great things that are happening the stack house apartments and laundry supply building where they are cleaning the water from capitol hill through bioswales um all uh, the stream building that cassandra and i were just discussing which is and I mentioned earlier, that was the uh, Capitol Hill School that I couldn't remember the name of a moment ago, 
the stream building is reincorporating their gray water, uh, their used water into uh, how they operate their toilets and various other systems, how they water their gardens. Uh, so it's just there. It's really uh, great, and it's not just theoretical. It's happening uh, all throughout uh, the city of Seattle, and really all throughout the world. Pretty cool stuff, Cassandra. Um, let's see, what um, what else are you working on? I know that you uh, you and I also reconnected recently through your interest in co housing. That's one of the things that we work on at Infinity Real Estate and Development, where I work. But can you uh, talk to me a little bit about that and your work with the Expansion Festival? Yeah, yeah. Um, it really connects to kind of this uh, village movement, this movement to connect back to our roots of village-style living. And not that we all go back to living in straw huts, but how do we go back to more connected communities, to communities where we don't just have jobs, but we have a, a way of life and time to enjoy life. Um, and so much of that starts with um, how how we've designed the systems that we live within. And, you know, right now. Real quick, are you are you moving about? No. Okay. We should just work radio audience we're all zooming from home so yeah exactly exactly any any wonkiness a lot of people are getting online okay. too so okay cool go ahead cassandra yep yep um so really connecting back with with uh how do we live in a more interconnected way and so we we see the the symptoms of um, kind of the problem of how we've designed our system. So we, we've we we've designed like uh, car culture has really driven it. So, oh, we have our single family homes over here and we, uh, we live in our single family homes for those who live in like suburbs and various things. Um, and and this can be true for people who live in cities. We don't know our neighbors because we, we need to go far away or somewhere else in order to get our food or get our resources. So we're always mm -hmm. coming and going, coming and going. And um, there's this increase in isolation, in disconnection, and this we this inability to connect with each other because the systems almost don't facilitate it. We're in our cars kind of just angry at each other. Um, uh, uh, and as we are frustrated because we're in traffic and we want to be really connecting with people. Yeah. And um, so, uh, to me, the the co-housing world is about how do we learn to live differently um, at an individual level and a systemic level in a way that creates greater well-being, more time freedom, um, and uh, more health, wellness, and abundance in the systems that we live within. Uh, and so um, there's a movement of people who are passionate about this, and I connected with um, uh, a community of people through ecstatic dance, a form of free form dancing. A bunch of people get together in a room and just say, you know, we're, we're gonna move our bodies and, and move however you want. And it, it creates this, this sense of freedom and connection. And so I started to feel really connected with this dance community. And as we started talking, we realized that we had more than just dance in, in common, but that we had this desire for, um, 
for how do we live in greater connectivity with each other and with the environment. And so we started a, a network called the Village Society, just a Facebook group. Um, and the Village Society morphed into a series of events that um, happened over 2018, 2019 called The Village. And we would get 60 to 70 people together. Um, we would have people who have lived in intentional communities or eco-villages um, or who are working on eco-districts. Um, we'd have experts in that come and, and speak on, on their experience, on what's happening. And we started to build a network of people who were passionate about about um, connecting in, in conscious living. And the village then evolved into, let's create a whole festival. And um, that was expansion festival, happened last year, June of 2019, on the summer solstice out in Duval, Washington, 45 minutes northeast of Seattle. Yeah, yeah. 300, 350 people came together on the land um, and we had workshops all day long, including from your amazing colleague um, mm -hmm. at Infinity Real Estate. And um, she, uh, she spoke on co-housing and, um, and uh, we had um, a number of amazing other speakers on regenerative systems, equity and social justice, environmental stewardship, um, and of course, all the beautiful music that comes with, with a festival. Yep. Um, the power of coming together like that, um, everyone felt it. And what's cool about um, that kind of gathering is that, and the reason we did it is because we knew that it, it brings people together to continue to catalyze more change. And once we did expansion, we said, wow, okay, we could do something big um, like this, bring 350 people together. But what would it be like when you bring a bunch of people together for a festival? That's a lot of resources. It's not necessarily sustainable or regenerative. It, it takes a lot of time to bring all these people together. So we started to ask the next question. What would it look like to make this type of knowledge exchange and connectivity and living and enjoyment of life um, with purpose uh, an everyday thing? And that's where things like eco districts and eco villages and that movement comes into play. Um, and Sandra, so I am so sorry. I'm going to cut you off here. I can hear you, your excitement building. Um, do you have a website that folks who are interested in these, all these terms of co-housing, co-living, eco districts could, could go to? They can certainly come talk to us at infinityred.com. That's, that's my website. I'll give myself a little plug there. But do you have a website that we're going to have to wrap up in just a moment where they can go learn about the expansion festival and about the village project? Um, yes, they could research Expansion Festival or the Village Society on Facebook. Fabulous. Okay. Um, well, I just encourage folks to check that out. We're getting close to the end of our time. This has been such a wonderful conversation with you, Cassandra. Mm -hmm. um, it's been great to connect to, with you. Um, I want to encourage people to also check out the regenerative, regenerative building uh virtual workshop that the, that the Northwest Eco Building Guild is hosting on the 50th anniversary of Earth Day on the 22nd. You can learn about that at ecobuildingguild.org. I'm your host, Rebecca Sayre with Infinity Real Estate and Development. This is the Sustainability Sessions. And our guest today has been the so inspiring uh, Cassandra Houghton of Sustainability Ambassadors. Cherish this.